Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, crowdsourcing to fight hackers. Looking to find the difference between a change agent or a silver bullet investor. When I find a change agent who really sees that they want to invest in the next big thing, then I've got a conversation I can have. Uh, most investor conversations I have are the other type, though. question I've asked myself more than once is whether or not there really is wisdom in crowds. Well, it appears in the world of cybersecurity, the answer may in fact be yes. Our next guest is Mark Jaster. He's the founder of 418 Intelligence and an experienced cybersecurity innovator. He's come up with a really interesting way to use the power of collective thinking in new ways around cybersecurity. And we're going to talk about that. And we're also going to talk about his experience as an entrepreneur dealing with the challenge of trying to overcome VCs and investors' desire to always find this silver bullet. Well, let's start with what 418's doing, crowdsourcing, cybersecurity. Explain that to me. We'll call it actually expert sourcing. Let's call it that because our, our model is to identify the experts that are sort of the rank and file, the everyday, they might be beginning at the job of intelligence and security analysis. They might be an analyst in a security operations center. And what we're doing is providing a platform for them to collectively address questions of attacks. Is there an attack on a network um, for detection purposes and for you know forensic and, uh, and response planning purposes? And we do that in a platform that was actually developed by the intelligence community a couple of years ago under the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. Um, so, you know, the theme of your program is what, what's working in Washington. This is truly a successful spin out of a intelligence community project that ran four years and experimented with the idea of can we use a simulated market, what's called a prediction market in the, in the vernacular, to assess intelligence questions. And through a four-year program, it was successfully proven that that's a very good way to collect information from distributed experts, kind of enforcing some diversity. And it's a different way to do um, analysis and intelligence assessment than the deliberative process, which is sort of endemic of what happens in cybersecurity today inside of a security operations center, a SOC, or maybe a decision-making room, they'll analyze these events. What we're proposing is let's break them out of that world. Let's give them an ax a way to uh, participate in analyzing this kind of information off of a feed that's coming to them that allows them to exercise their, their knowledge, their expertise, um, kind of after hours, sort of a cyber lancer model. So what's in it for the participant? Why would they do this if they've already got a job? Well, there's a couple reasons. One, it's just like the same phenomenon that's happened in open source software. People that want that are experts want to work with other experts. And so they want that reputation. They want the benefit of uh, exchanging what they know with, with others that are at their, that are peers or maybe above them. And they want to be able to do it without the judgment of maybe their, you know, their workplace. So one reason is to have an, a collaborative experience with others, to learn, to get better, and to gain a reputation, sort of a sort of bragging right. Two other good reasons, though, is one is the thrill of the hunt. The idea that hackers come to their, to that avocation, if you want to call it that, because of two reasons. Primarily, though, they start because there's something in it that's a challenge and they want to see if they can do it. So we're offering that same kind of benefit, that motivation to a defender to go get a skin, find basically the attacker on the network and post that on your wall. So if you can imagine having a trophy case in It's like in Cyber Olympics. Yeah, it, yeah, it is. That's kind of cool. And it's that, plus it's also the remuneration of an economic benefit. Let's switch now to uh, the, the challenge. 
you and I have spoken about this, the way you describe it is a lot of people are looking for the silver bullet. And it's frustrating if you're an entrepreneur doing something that's different like you're doing. What do you mean by investors looking for the silver bullet and how are you addressing that problem? Well, what I mean by that is the most most business cases and most um, especially early stage operations that are looking for investment have a very narrow gap that they have to jump through because the investor is looking to create some um, reference point. And I call it the silver bullet syndrome because they always really think what they're looking for is an investor is that silver bullet that has some magical property that's going to fix a big problem. That's what they think they want. And we face that every day because our our business is is kind of the opposite of that. We're not proposing to really be a silver bullet. We're proposing to be something of a business model more like Uber. Who would have invested in Uber because it was proposing to crowdsource or hire out part-time taxi drivers in, in a sense? That was not a very appealing value proposition to most VCs. You had to look past it to understand what the real opportunity of disrupting that entire economic volume, that flow was, to get to the point where there was something very important there in the terms of how work is changing, how how organizations are changing. In the case of Uber, it was how transportation is changing. We see ourselves in a very similar vein. So coming to the table with a proposition that has so many different moving parts and getting that communicated clearly, concisely to an investor has been very challenging. And so I do think of it oftentimes as looking to find um, the difference between a change agent or a silver bullet investor. When I find a change agent who really sees that they want to invest in the next big thing, then I've got a conversation I can have. Most, uh, most investor conversations I have are the other type, though, and that's hard. And I think that's true, fr- frankly, for most entrepreneurs that I know. Last thing. I love your company name. Can you give us a, just a quick history of where your name 418 came from? 418 is, it's a date because dates have be, are so important to us. And the date that everybody will, will is seared in their memory right now is, is 9-11. And 9-11 was an example of an intelligence disappointment, let's say. And so I was looking for a date that could contrast and make that date a positive intelligence outcome. We looked and found the date of April 18th, 1775. And that was the date that Paul Revere had the two lanterns placed in the Old North Church to warn the patriots that an attack was going to be coming, not by land, but by by water. And it created the shot heard around the world where the, you know, it changed the course of history, in our case, for the better. And what we were looking for was a date that would combine that positive outcome with intelligence and with crowdsourcing. That's sort of what we are. 418 Intelligence. Mark Jaster, thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much, Jonathan. And we want to say a special thank you to these show sponsors. What's working in Washington wouldn't happen without the support of other organizations here in town who want to make a difference by highlighting how a region grows. Montgomery County Economic Development Corporation, their business development team can help you find the best talent and ideal location and the latest in market and business intelligence. Your business starts with MCEDC. Connect with them at thinkmoco.com. And Tedco. Tedco invests in early stage and life sciences companies. It produces resources and connections that companies need to thrive in Maryland. Tedco's mission is to discover, invest in, and help build great companies. Learn more at www.tedco.md. 
and Jones Lang LaSalle. They are a leading commercial real estate service company within the Washington, D.C. metro area, serving the technology, government contract, and the professional services industries. JLL's strategy-led approach and expert implementation results in cost-effective and flexible real estate solutions that help their clients succeed and grow. Our executive producer is Tracy Madigan, online writer Barbara Ulrich, music provided by two D.C. region bands, Two Car Living Room, and The Sunbathers. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Thanks for listening. See you next time. <laughs>